This is Tammy Hill. Welcome to the Live Your Why podcast. Today I have my dear friend Hank Smith with me, and we are going to talk a little bit about what does presiding really mean. So get ready. This is going to be great. Hi, Hank. How you doing? Oh, happy to be here as always, Tam. Thanks for having me. Oh, gosh. I love when you come on. It's so fun to talk with you about important things. Yeah, I, en- I enjoy it. I, I enjoy your work. I enjoy what you do. I enjoy what you stand for. Likewise. Likewise. So, Hank, in, in our teaching at BYU, I don't know what your experience has been, but often I get a question about what does presiding at home really mean? And in marriage, what does that really look like? And so I'll tell you a little bit about what I've thought about it, and then I'd just love to hear your thoughts as well. Okay. Sometimes when you read the proclamation to the family and it says that the husband is to preside over the family, it feels like maybe he has more power than the wife does. And for me, I've had to kind of think of a few things. And one is that I think of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles and they sit together right now. Elder Ballard is presiding, the presiding over. Apostle over the quorum. And as I I picture that in my mind, what that must look like with all of those wonderful men together and Elder Ballard's presiding, I kind of have come to an idea that it's more like he's facilitating conversation, that he's directing and guiding the conversation and that together these men seek for inspiration and they don't move forward until they're unanimous on what it is they've decided. And for me, that's been a way that I've kind of been able to resolve some of that hierarchical picture that preside over kind of brings to my mind. So I think someone who presides like like facilitates. And when I studied that, looked up the word facilitate, it means to help, to make easier, to help run more smoothly. And I love that. I just love that idea. What have you studied and what are your experiences with the idea of presiding? I love this. I love this, Tammy. And I can I can absolutely see where someone would have difficulty with this. Right, uh, mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. we know instinctively, we know that husbands and wives are equal partners. We we know that instinctively, right. and then we read the proclamation and we think, well, that doesn't seem to sit right. And I think that's okay. I think anybody who goes, ah, that doesn't sit right with me, uh, it's probably uh, just a misunderstanding of of what the what the word means. So I think presiding in the priesthood or at church is different than the the presiding at home. So if I, the bishop presides in the meeting, the stake president presides in the meeting, right? The Relief Society president presides in the meeting. That's the idea of like, uh, you know, if there's something that needs to be corrected or done, or they're, they're the kind of the ones that they're the, they're the ones we look to, right? In this meeting, mm-hmm. they're the ones mm-hmm. over there. But in the proclamation, I see these two words, preside and nurture, and I see them as, and I, I hope in my mind, and I hope in your mind this could work out, see those two coming together and being side by side, right? Preside and nurture are, are the same equal words. So I see preside, nurture, and those are, those are the two co-words. Those are the, the, that means we're, we're equal, 
presiding and nurturing are the head of the family. Both of these words are presiding and nurturing. I, I, I hope to see it that way. If if you uh, if you read the Savior's uh, about the Savior's life, he, he frequently talks to the apostles about who is chief, right? Because they want to know who is yeah, chief. And I guess do. that's that same thing with us. We want to know who's in charge, who's most important here. <laughs> uh, and even between genders, right? Who's most important here? Who's, who's in charge here, right? Um, and the Savior says, anybody who wants to be the chief among you, let him be the servant, right? Let him be the mm. servant. So in mm. my mind, if we if we take the, the leadership lesson from the Savior, uh, then the word preside and nurture uh, are both going to be to serve, um, mm-hmm. all right? To, to, how would you say it? The, the word preside then is to love, to serve, and to sacrifice for, right? Mm-hmm. Husbands mm-hmm. are called in the New Testament to love their wives, even as Christ loved the church, well, what did the Savior do to the do for the church? He mm. he gave himself right. entirely over to the church. He became the 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 lowest, the servant of all for the church. So I, I hope I, in my mind, I see when I read the proclamation now, just in my mind, I see those two words side by side, preside and nurture, as equal words. Just mm. you know, combined together, preside, nurture uh, as the head of the family. Yeah, I like that. That's a new way to think of it that I haven't thought of it before. I always like thinking of new things, so I like that a lot. So if you think of preside and nurture as side-by-side components of family organization, then you've got husband and wife then truly as equal partners, making decisions for the family equally and doing that. they share the responsibilities of providing for, nurturing, protecting one another within the home. When you think of equal partnership, do you see it in a different way than that? No, not at all. I, 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 you've got uh, underneath preside, I would write protect and provide like you did. Underneath nurture, I would look at, what are the words that are used there? Just nurture. Nurture of their children. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, th- that, that also falls under provide and protect, right? Nurture um, is, is right there. So uh, if we put, were to put those four words together, that's a wonderful parenting strategy, right? Right. Preside, nurture, protect, and provide. Um, mm-hmm. well, that right there, just those four words can become a basis for, for parenting. If, if, and then husband and wife can both be involved in all four of them. Uh, some, right. Sometimes, Tammy... And I don't know where we got this idea that if that if I'm not if I'm at home somehow I'm the one who's supposed to be calling on people to pray. I'm the I think it was tradition that we maybe got from church, uh-huh. right? That the presider calls on the person to pray, and that the you know that uh, I kind of run the show here. Uh, and I don't see that at all in co-equal partnerships, right? That my wife frequently calls on whoever she wants to have pray, right? <laughs> and, right. Uh, and I do too. And it's, and it's, and neither of us kind of try to vie for power over each other. No mm-hmm. one's, no one's campaigning to be president of the home. Um, <laughs> and, and our kids are very much respond to us the same, right? They respond to us equally. Right. So I, I know that, you know, the written word, I, I think this revelation, the family proclamation is clothed in language 
Uh, and so we need to get the, the, the spirit of the revelation and, and not be so caught up on the order the words come in. Is that, I don't know right. if that helps. I totally, yeah, I totally agree. To me, the equal partnership and the nurturing, presiding, providing, protecting all come in with a great big word umbrella over the top of collaboration. And I just believe we collaborate together to make this system work. Yep. Yeah, that's what that's what I would say too. Is that this is meant to be a document that says husband and wife are co-equal partners. When when I'm gone, my wife of course is presiding, and when my wife's gone, I of course am presiding. Uh, right. I don't know where we got in the idea that like you know if if the husband is gone, that the oldest boy presides. Right. I, I just think <laughs> yeah. it's a it's kind of a weird tradition that we what we brought over from from maybe church. Uh, from the, the wrong idea about priesthood. I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but uh, anyone listening can say, yes, mom presides. <laughs> right, <laughs> Mom sure. presides all the time, all the time, whether dad is there or not. Dad presides all the time, whether mom is there or not. This is a co-equal partnership. I like to think of it as, think about this in the church. If, if uh, my wife and I were called to teach primary and mm-hmm. we were in the primary classroom, who presides? in that classroom. We both the do. The two of you. Yeah, right? we both do. There, no, one isn't more important or uh, above the other. We are we are we both preside in that classroom uh, because we've both mm-hmm. been to, you know given that charge by priesthood uh, authority, priesthood keys. Mm-hmm. So I think it's mm-hmm. the same way here that we've both been given co-equal authority in this families and the Lord wants to see wants to see us grow and learn in these responsibilities. Mhm. And to be like, I love the idea if like oxen, looking at oxen and being equally yoked and they work together to drive that wagon train, just like we're working side by side, equally yoked to drive the family forward. Yeah. So I, one thing I did want to mention a little bit about with equal partnerships, sometimes not very often anymore, but maybe in a little bit older couples, if I meet with them in therapy, there tend, there might be, I hope it's not happening now, but there's a little bit of an attitude that the partner, the ox that's going out and working to earn money has a little bit of a louder voice over how the team uses the money. And so I wanted to talk for a minute, Hank, about the idea that I really believe that paid work and unpaid work are equally important. That mother who is home, if it is the mother home caring for a sick child and the father's out doing his thing with his multi-million dollar business, they're both equally important in what it is they're doing. And that could be just the opposite. Maybe dad's home with a sick child and mom's at the at the office. But I think resources need to, we need to have equal voice with how resources are utilized as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% on board. I, I can't imagine a, a spouse saying, well, I make the money, you stay home with the kids, therefore I somehow have, that's, that's the, the Doctrine and Covenants calls unrighteous dominion. Um, right. 
hundred percent. There's no question about it. If anybody listening is like, no, that's not unrighteous dominion. Yeah, that is unrighteous <laughs> dominion. There is no question about out. it. Yeah, there's no question about it. The idea that somehow the person out making the money uh, has more has more authority. I mean, it's it's laughable to me because it's it's never been that way in my house, not even in the slightest. And mm-hmm. my wife is brilliant with money. She is just brilliant with money. And so we lean on that gift for mm-hmm. her. But she's never said, well, listen, you're not good with money, so I'm going to take over. It's, it's, a, <laughs> you've got, it's a dance. Uh, and, and marriage is a dance where you've got to learn the back and forth. And man, controlling someone else is, is merely unrighteous dominion. That's, uh, that's all it is mm-hmm. in every way. And man, if you want to read what the Lord has to say about unrighteous dominion, just open the Doctrine and Covenants and mm-hmm. you can find out. He does, he is, it, it's not a, um, I'll tell you what, right? I'll just give you a little preview. It's, it's, it's not looking good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he does not yeah. like unrighteous dominion in any way. So, um, yeah, yeah. Oh wow, I, I've maybe I'm just in a bubble, Tam. But that that to me would be just shocking. It blows my mind as yeah. well. And I know that each individual. So if we're going to go with the ox, equally yoked oxen kind of metaphor, each of the ox. In. <laughs> I'm going to make sure to get the, the singular and plural right. <laughs> Each of the oxen has individual and unique strengths. And so I'm hearing in your relationship, Sarah might be a little bit better with money than you, but she's including you in that. Yeah. And you lean on her strength. That's how I, Jeff and I, Jeff is much better with money than I am. I have, I'm not bad with money, but I also have learned that I need to take cash when I go anywhere or I spend more than more than I want to. And so, you know, I lean on him as he includes me with those decisions. So Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely in every way. And and you know what, Tam, this can maybe come if someone's listening and they're going, Well, I struggle with this idea. I it's probably come from what the scriptures would call a tradition of your fathers. Uh mm-hmm. that you maybe learned this this from a the, the home you came from, right? That maybe mm-hmm. you learned but either spouse can learn this unequalness from their own parents. And that can be overcome. We are called in the temple to overcome the blood and sins of this generation. Blood, I think it means DNA. We are to overcome mm-hmm. our own DNA and our, the, own, the, the sins that have been passed on from generation to generation, the blood and sins of this generation. And so uh, you, can, you can overcome those things. Um, Absolutely. And, and relearn a new system. Choose to do differently. There's a quote that I love from President Hinckley that I want to share. He says, In the marriage companionship, there is neither inferiority nor superiority. The woman does not walk ahead of the man, neither does the man walk ahead of the woman. They walk side by side as a son and daughter of God on an eternal journey. Uh, To me, that just sums up beautifully the idea of presiding, nurturing, equal partnership, all of it. Yeah, I really like that. Um, I don't think many listeners would be aware that in the Old Testament, and maybe this is where this comes from, in the Old Testament, you frequently have a symbol for Jehovah and his people, Israel. And it's usually a marriage relationship where the man represents Jehovah and the woman in the in the analogy represents all of us, men and women, as Israel. And Jehovah wants us to covenant with him 
to follow him and, and, and cherish this relationship. And I think he chose this symbolic relationship because it is so intimate and it, it affects every part of our life. And that's how he wants our covenant relationship to be with him. He wants it affecting every part of our life. He wants it to be an intimate, close relationship. Uh, and so if you see, you know, um, Adam and Eve, you could you can see a symbol there of Adam and Eve as Adam as Christ and Eve as all of us. And Eve, you know, uh, has to leave the presence of uh, the Father and Christ chooses to go with her, right? Uh, and he represents Jesus, right? And mm-hmm, so, right. Um, uh, so oftentimes maybe we take that analogy of man and wife uh, a little too far and say, well, you know, the man is in charge here. When I would say, no, Jesus is in charge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's the one we're covenanting to. We're covenanting to the Israel covenants to Christ as Christ covenants with the Father. I mean, that's straight out of Revelation chapter five. Christ is the one who covenants with God to enact the plan of salvation. And we go to him as the central role in that plan. So for me, Personally, whenever I see this show up in scripture, I don't think, oh, husband is more important than wife. I think, oh, here's Christ again, and here's his church. Here's Israel that needs to go to him. I'm going to look at it that way from now on, Hank. That's really insightful. Thank you. Yeah, I I remember... have students with concerns about the temple before they made some changes a few years ago. And once I showed them that no, Adam and Eve can really represent Christ and Israel, it would calm their fears a little bit. Right. Calm maybe that sick feeling they had. But fortunately, the the presentation of the endowment was was altered to, to help people out. Help us understand a little yeah. better what it really means. So... Well, I love talking to you. I could talk to you all day, but we'll close up today. And thanks again for coming on and helping us learn a little more about presiding and equal partnership. You're amazing. Oh, you're so kind. Thanks. Uh, Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Well, you heard it here, presiding, nurturing, side by side. I love that image and the idea of oxen working together to pull the team side by side. I hope this has been helpful as you contemplate words regarding the proclamation to the family and how that plays out in your relationships. Thanks for joining me today. Now go out and live your why. Why?